So you want better communication with your children. You've been diving into the world of gentle parenting, tic tacs, or reels, and then you feel that it's you kind of keep missing the script. Maybe your triggers are getting on the way of your communication with your children. Maybe gentle communication is not going anywhere in your house because when you communicate gently, your children don't even notice you. And when you raise your voice, they do. But it's kind of like you need to raise your voice every time higher and higher for them to listen to you. And that's not what you want in the first place. In this podcast episode, I'm going to share with you the secrets. We are going to unlock the secrets for effective, peaceful and effective communication with our children. So when we talk to them, instead of them tuning out our voice, they tune into our voice. So we don't feel that we are repeating the same over and over again. And kind of like the only thing that works is raising our voice, which is the thing that we don't want. So we feel connected and we feel that we are finally able to have a healthy communication without feeling that we're walking on eggshells with our kids because anything that we say could end up in a big tantrum, I mean, a big meltdown or just a teen slamming the door at us. My name is Marcela Collier. I'm the CEO of HIC Parenting Education. We are a parenting coaching agency with the mission to help parents who've been trying to break their cycle, but they feel that they're struggling even after watching all the TikToks and Reels and reading all the books to go from that frustration to peace, cooperation, connection, and a better relationship with their kids. And the topic of effective communication is something that we are big in our 14-week coaching program. And Bo, she is one of our clients in the Parenting with Understanding coaching program. And she says that after she learned how to communicate with her three-year-old, her fear of, am, am I raising a snowflake? Am, am I becoming permissive? It disappeared. And not just that, but she brought her husband on board when he saw that her communication with her three-year-old was effective. So let's go over the things that we're going to talk about on this episode, and then I'm going to break down each one of them. Number one, common challenges that parents face when they're trying to communicate something to their children, especially when they're trying to do gentle parenting approaches. Number two, principles of effective communication with our children so they tune into our voice instead of tuning out our voice. And number three, the three components that has taken thousands of our clients in HIC parenting from, I don't know how to communicate boundaries to the three things to do to communicate effective boundaries that stick in your family. Now, what I'm going to give you on this episode is a rough overview, but if you want to dive deeper on the topic of how to go from frustration to peace, cooperation, and connection with your strong-willed children, even if you have a neurodivergent child, then I encourage you to register for our next free masterclass where I'm going to share with you five shifts that has taken thousands of our clients from frustration to peaceful cooperation with your with their children. So if you engage with a lot of power struggles with your kids, I encourage you to register to this masterclass. 
All you have to do is open in the description of this podcast episode, or if you are on YouTube, open the description of the YouTube video, and there is a link there that you can register for free. I'm Rachel. And I'm Marcela, and you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting, to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs. So let's start unlocking the secrets for effective communication with our, with our children, especially when we're trying to do gentle parenting. So the first one is the common roadblocks that parents face when they are communicating with their kids, when they're trying to do gentle parenting. And the first main roadblock that I see is that they think that uh, gentle parenting communication is about gently talking. When in reality, it's not about gentle talk. It is not about talking softly. It's not about saying all the things that you would normally say yelling, but not yelling. It's about understanding how our children communicate and receive and process information at their developmental stage. That's when we understand things that, for example, that two-year-olds, three-year-olds, they will always remember the last word we say. So if we're on the street, if we're on the parking lot, and then we yell, stop running, or maybe we don't yell because we're trying to be gentle. Hey, honey, stop running. Guess what's the last word that they're going to remember? They're going to remember, stop running. Running, running. That's the last word, running. So guess what they're going to tend to do? So instead of that, learning to see how our children process information and receive the understanding according to their developmental stage, that's going to make a big difference in terms of our communication. It's not about speaking gently, it's about speaking effective to their developmental stage. Roadblock number two, it is projection. We want to be more respectful with our kids. We want to be gentle. Yet all these stories from our upbringing come up in our head. Oh, I would have been spanked if I would have responded like that to my parents. And then we feel frustrated. And then we feel like like gentleness, that is really hard for gentleness to come out of our mouth. And even if it comes out of our mouth gently, because our demeanor, our nervous system is triggered, then that's what our children are going to perceive. They're going to see that there is a disconnection between our speech and our posture and our body language. So the roadblock, the way to overcome this roadblock is for us to examine how the things that we think and believe about our children's behaviors and the projections that we're making from our own childhood. So if you are projecting what you lived in childhood in the things that you're doing with your child, to be aware of that and then to put new perspective in you that this is a new way of parenting, that this is a new way of showing up for our kids, that our kids should have a voice, that our kids should be able to express all their feelings and emotions without having to fear a spanking or a harsh punishment or a, a shameful statement from us. 
this is what it's supposed to be parenting. We just grew up in a dispensation of abusive treatment and abusive parenting, to be honest. And challenge number three, when we're trying to be gentle, is taking things personal. So this is beyond projection. This is about thinking or feeling that our children are still behaving or talking in a way that is being done to us. Wow, like, what, what am I doing to you? Like, if, if I'm not rude to you, why are you being rude to me? If I don't lie to you, why are you lying to me? That is taking our children's behaviors personal. When us who apply parenting with understanding and understand the research and studies behind behavior, that every single of our children's behavior is their best attempt to communicate a need. And yes, even when they say, mom, I hate you. And yes, even when they back talk. And yes, even when they question your authority. So this is not about accepting this respect. This is not about allowing your children to talk to you a certain kind of way. This is about the mentality. I'm still going to set the, the boundary. I'm still going to not allow this disrespectful behavior, yet I'm fully aware that what my children is expressing is the best attempt that they have right now to communicate a need. It's not about me. It's not that they're doing this to me. It's not that they're trying to hurt my feelings. It's not about that. It's that they don't know how to manage their emotions and how to express them appropriately. So we already talked about the common challenges. Let's talk about the strategies for effective communication with our children, especially now that we're trying to be more respectful with them, that we're trying to break cycles, raise them differently, from the ways we were raised, that we're trying to do parenting with understanding. And the first one, and this is the biggest one, is listen more than what you talk. Communication is a two-way street. And then when we grew up in dynamics, in power over or power under dynamics, meaning when we grew up in authoritarian dynamics, we grew up thinking that the ones who talk are the parents. We listened to our parents and everything was around, you listen to your parents, you obey your parents, you, when they talk, you listen. And everything was about the children listening and nothing about the adult listening. So now that we're trying to raise our children differently, we come from that mentality of, we just need to be the ones talking. We just need to be the ones telling our kids what to do. We, do, we need to be the ones disciplining our children, meaning that they don't have any input or anything to say, but they just to comply to what we tell them to do and the consequence we give them. When in reality, the most effective communication and even discipline is when our children take, take part of it. When... My teens and twins in foster care, right now they're adults, but they were when they were in foster care with me, we sat down and we had a family meeting, a family conversation about consequences, about boundaries, about things that were going to be handled. Okay, so what happens? What do you think is going to happen if you don't clean your room? What would you think the consequence would be? And they would set up their own consequence. Well, um, I remember 
one of my my kids he told me well maybe if i don't clean my room my room by four then i will just have to wait to use electronics until i clean my room that came out of his mouth because i asked them so if you do have older children ask them and have them come up with their own natural consequences in advance that is being talked about before it happens, before you take corrective measures that they they know that it is clear for them what the discipline is going to be. If you have younger children, they have a say too. Even if they're little toddlers, you could have them choose between two outfits. You could have them choose between things that for you, it doesn't matter the toothbrush they choose as long as they brush their teeth. I think I've said in so many episodes that my twins have more than one toothbrush each just because it's important for them to feel that they have a voice. The second basic principle for effective communication is regulation. A dysregulated brain cannot talk effectively to a dis to another brain, or a, a regulated brain, a regulated adult brain cannot be effective being heard and listened to by a dysregulated younger brain. Meaning that in order for us to have effective communication with our children, we need to make sure that they're calmed down. Because according to neuroscience, when our children's brains are triggered, when they're in, sur- in their survival response, in their fight, flight, or freeze, they're just trying to survive. They're just trying to get through the next moment and their learning centers are shut off. So I wonder, no wonder why so many parents struggle to get their children to listen to them during a tantrum because children are not really listening to the logic of your words during a tantrum. In order for me to communicate effectively to my twins, I make sure that they are ready to listen to me and the way I know they're ready is if their brain is regulated. And if they're not, then I work on co-regulation and the escalation cooling them down first before I move into logical communication. And the last principle of effective communication before we move into how to do effective boundary setting is using positive language instead of negative language. So positive language is action-taking language because our brains brains understand when, when... we are told what to do or what to say or how how to approach things instead of what not to do or what not to say or how not to approach things. Don't jump on the couch. What does it mean for a child's brain? What is the alternative? Let's just say every behavior communicates a need. If they have the need for releasing physical energy and then you tell them don't jump on the couch, then what are they going to do with all that energy? So it's a matter of thinking what is the action word and has a better chance of having a positive response. So a lot of the times, and I would, if not all the time, that we're getting defiance, that, we get, that we're getting 
you know, uh, resistance from our children, not listening, ignoring us. Nine times out of 10 is that we are not communicating effectively, that we are not using positive language, that we are projecting our own feelings, emotions, and limiting beliefs onto them, that we are not regulated or they're not regulated, that we are not listening to them, that we're just talking and talking and not listening. So effective communication, the way that we communicate with our kids, it's the entryway, the doorway for them to listen to us, to pay attention and tune into your our voice instead of tuning out our voice. So let's move into the three components for effective boundary setting when we're trying to do parenting with understanding, gentle parenting. We are not talking about traditional boundary setting. If you did this, then this is going to happen to you and you're going to be with, with no electronics for the rest of the day. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how to communicate boundaries in a way that they do stick without using power, control, shame, blame, guilt, guilt trip, without guilt tripping our kids. So number one, boundaries need to be need to come from family values. So if they don't come from family values, evaluate. Are those boundaries about what you want or about what you need? And is everything about you? I need you to do this because I said so. Or are they coming from family values? Yesterday, one of my twins, he was bouncing his soccer ball against the wall. And then there was a painting right next to it, right next to the place that he was bouncing the wall. And then, and then I said, ah, Miguel, could you please bounce the ball somewhere else? Because that's when you announce the family value. Because we value taking care of our house. And then if you bounce it too close to the painting, the painting could fall. Number two, telling them what would the natural consequence of that choice be. The painting could fall, it could break. It may hurt you or it may hurt somebody else. And after that, you may have, you, you're, you're going to have to stop playing because mom is going to have to pick up all that glass and make sure that the, the, the floor is clean uh, with no glass anywhere before you can come back and play. And then he said, oh man, now I understand everything. And then he moved on to another wall. So when we communicate for, from family values, our children are able to see the benefits of those boundaries, not, that it's not about us and it's not about them either. It's about being beneficial to the collective of the family. And that takes me to number two, for boundary setting, not just to come from family values, but to benefit the whole family. So it is not just about because I said so, because I need you to, because you have to listen to me. It's about how is this going to affect us all or benefit us all. When we all have a, a clean house, how can that benefit us? When we are able to get ready on time and get on school on time, you're not only getting on school on time yourself, but your sister is getting on school on time and mommy is getting to work on time. And then we're going to have a better time at school than at work because we're not anxious because we, we arrive to school and work with peace, with uh, relaxed. 
and all those things are great things to explain to our kids when we're setting boundaries. And the last thing to communicate effective boundaries, not just that benefit the collective, not just that come from family values, but that provide a range of freedom. Because if they don't provide that range of freedom, our kids are going to keep saying things like, I don't care. And it's not that they don't care. It's not that they don't understand the benefits. It's like they they don't see their range of freedom. So range of freedom within those boundaries, range of freedom, contain range of freedom. For them to feel that they still have a say, that they still have a choice, that they still have autonomy. Because when they don't feel they have a say, a choice, an autonomy, they're going to keep pushing the boundary or ignoring the boundary. So let's go back to the example of my son bouncing the ball very close to the, to the painting. What is the range of freedom that I could have provided for him? Besides this place, where else can you bounce the ball that you don't risk knocking down a painting and then having to pick up all the shattered glass? Um, he said, hmm, hmm, let me go to the backyard. So when your children are a little older, you might be able to just ask them and them having choosing without you giving them choices. If your children are little, you may need to offer one, two or max three choices. I would say two choices for them to choose between two things. So that's why our children fight us so much because they feel they don't have a choice. They feel they don't have autonomy. They feel they don't have a range of freedom. So we already talked about the common challenges when communicating with our kids. We talked about the principles for effective communication. So our children tune into our voice instead of tuning out our voice. We talked about the three essential components for boundary setting. And if you say, all oh, this sounds wonderful, but I don't see how I can apply with my children and my particular situation, I need direct guidance. I highly encourage you to register for HIC Parenting's free class because over there you're going to see the five shifts to go from frustration to peaceful cooperation and you're going to have a direct interaction with me. I'm going to be there talking to you directly. It's not just me teaching, but I'm going to be opening the chat and seeing what you're asking and answering your questions along the way as I teach. And you're going to come out feeling powerful, feeling that you You got this. You got this parenting with understanding. You can break your cycle to register. All you have to do is, if you are in social media, go to the link in my bio right now. If you are listening to the podcast episode, just open the description of this podcast episode and register there for free. If you are watching us on YouTube, then just open the description of the video and then there is a link there. If you are on YouTube answer if you are on youtube please let me know out of all the things that we talked about today what is one thing that you can start doing today to improve your communication with your children and don't forget to write a review if you're listening to our podcast it helps us get to more people follow us on tiktok instagram youtube at high and remember that it only takes understanding to transform your parenting. I'll see you next time.